0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: It's the Underpowered Hour on this week's show. We talk about new Range Rovers leaking oil, what J.D. Power & Associates have to say about Land Rovers, and we deep dive into the top five projects to improve your workspace. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at the or follow us on Instagram at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend,
0: Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the swivels to Stephen's open knuckles. I'm the big, shiny balls of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin4x4. Let's get started.
1: All right, Ike. Well, in the news uh, this week, you know, it's sort of a heartwarming story. A lot of people say the new Land Rovers just aren't like the old Land Rovers, right? That, uh, you know, all this modern computers, you've got, you know, uh, leather You've got uh, door seals that, you know, work sort of occasionally, but it's, it's nice to know that even with all of that modern convenience, that uh, nearly 7,000 uh, new Land Rover and Chancquars with a, the P6 uh, three-liter six-cylinder engine are being recalled because they leak oil. Mm. And uh, apparently they leak like a, like not just a little
0: oil, like they can leak a pretty good amount of oil. This is a this is really a legacy feature. I feel yeah. like that yeah. uh, you know you've got a few legacy features on Land Rover. Little design cues. You get mm-hmm. the Alpine windows. Yep. You know yep. you got the the hip. You know in the body. Yep. You got uh, certain things that just uh, are unmistakably Land Rover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you know where would we be without the uh, the classic oil leak it's uh, it's pretty funny
1: this one is because apparently uh like a cam carrier uh in the somewhere in the oil galley hasn't been uh completely drilled through so it's i guess yeah. it's like stopped halfway and so plugs up with oil and then just overpressurizes and starts leaking or i I don't exactly know how the leak happens but uh, it does it
0: describe it in the recall oh, you know pretty happens. pretty thoroughly yeah. and so they have to take this piece and uh, replace it with a properly machined piece.
1: Yeah. Man, that doesn't sound like a small fix either if you have to... Uh... It's
0: not a software update. <laughs>
1: Carriers, although that would uh, be
0: good if it was a software update that you could fix your oil leak that'd be amazing they right? just, it's just a single overhead
1: cam then from then on they just shut the second one up entirely yeah it's fine. It's fine it's fine it's fine you don't it's even fine. exhaust it's all right
0: yeah no uh, it's it's not surprising to see that a land rover uh, is leaking oil yeah. so yeah. i don't i don't even know why they're recalling it i know it's, it's just fine. how it it's works
1: fine. i mean it's gonna leak oil eventually well you know what's the yeah it's fine don't wait worry. a minute is this
0: on an ev model <laughs> so how is it even possible?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can't get to the all-electric version uh, fast enough. Although it's not that Landovers are necessarily known for their like high-quality electronics either. So it is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the all-electric. Uh,
0: I feel you know. like I feel like there's a period of time where Landover like electrics are really good, but then yeah. when you, they start to integrate electronics, it's like I mean, it's every. Every car of that period, I don't think it's specific to Land Rover. No, over. exactly,
1: yeah. The 90s were not easy on cars and electronics. That blend just didn't. It wasn't no. smooth. It wasn't smooth.
0: No, I mean, it's just like, are you an early adopter? Because if you are, you're going to have to put up with these early adopter problems. Yeah, you know? yeah you're going to have touchscreens that just does stop working, or you're going to have something. Yeah, it's going to be. That's always the first thing that feels really dated in any oh, like yeah. more modern generation car is the yeah. touchscreen. Oh, yeah. Like if you try to use a touchscreen from like the early to mid 2000s, it's so aggravating. It's oh, like, yeah, it's like the dial up of automotive experiences. It's <laughs> horrible. Oh man, it's just I don't Chris understand why a, more uh... people didn't just wreck. <laughs> <laughs> like they're trying to get the just, the well, my feet heated. Um, yeah, yeah. Chris has
1: a uh, has the generation of mini that like first integrated the little iDrive screen and uh i am constantly touching it and it is not a touch screen but i am constantly i'm constantly <laughs> like why does something things say it? it's not a,
0: it's not a touch screen you gotta use this dial down
1: They've done here drive
0: study after study that has has basically you know hard underlined the idea that uh knobs and buttons are not only safer but better functioning than yeah. touch screens for sure so i think it's only a matter of time for a touch screens kind of I won't say get phased out because they won't be, but they'll have more, like fewer features will be integrated into the touchscreen. Because like having to scroll through menus and do all that, I feel like it's horribly unsafe for people to have their eyes off the road and do that. The F-150
1: has like essentially like a small screen TV just on its side in the middle of the dash. And there's not one Mm -hmm. thing that you can do, save maybe the hazard lights and defrost maybe, because I think those are both required to be buttons. Everything else is, uh, is in that. And of course, like a, like a Tesla, everything, everything like
0: yeah, you can't really even bad.
1: recline the seats and things without uh, going into the touchscreen and, and doing stuff. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Manufacturers do seem to be going that way, which is, uh, it's harder
0: to like yeah. feel where the button is if you're not oh, yeah. looking at the screen. Yeah. And it's, it's hard yeah. to feel that, like the feedback of the button moving or the dial turning. Yeah. And you know, if you have a car and you're familiar with it, that has that's traditional right. controls, It's you You don't have to look at no, it. You no, can you just adjust the those features without staring at it. But um, with newer cars, you have to, like, take your eyes off the road. It's like yeah. technology is making us more unsafe in certain more ways, unsafe, and that's yes. one of them. Yeah. Well, the
1: autopilot will take over and run that person over for you, so no worries. <laughs> a little, a
0: little, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things is to see the, like, autonomous stopping, like, <laughs> videos where they put, like, a model child in the street and then like Drag drive the, the cars up Drag to them right and see it. if it'll stop. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time it does not. No, it does not. No. And
1: it's funny. It could be anyone, right? It could be a full size human being, but they always use like a child in a red they coat, do. chasing a balloon or something. They do. And you're like, yeah, Jesus, you people are monsters.
0: Yeah. Based on this feedback, these cars, like, they want, to hit the kids. they want to hit the kids. Yeah, they have like a, a bloodlust for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, don't it's, know. I feel like there's there's a there's gonna be a movie like that. Yeah. And you know, with all these autonomous vehicles, you're gonna start having country songs where the, the car leaves the guy.
1: Yeah, they, it doesn't need a girlfriend at all. It's just the car. No, the car. No, just leaves. my girlfriend yeah. left, left. My
0: dog ran away. My, my car drove away. autonomous car left me away. You know, well, yeah, yeah my pickup
1: <laughs> drove away. Oh, it's gonna be great. I can't yeah. wait. Speaking of the pickup driving away, your friends, your good friends at JD Power and Associates, have uh, oh, come no. out with uh, oh, this no. year's this year's list of quality, uh, reliability, uh, good good times having. What whatever they do, and how did uh, Jaguar Land Rover fare uh, this year?
0: Well, I haven't read the entire article, but I'm assuming that they did really well. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like uh maybe it's been a rough few years for our good friends at Land Rover. They've uh, maybe not necessarily had the best of times when it comes to uh, you know, those type of reliability and, you know, roadworthiness, uh, safety, long-term quality, uh, repairability not leaking in its not it isn't it hasn't been great so if i had to wager a guess i would say they're they you know sort of maybe a little better than middle of the road
0: well now that i'm looking at the article it seems like uh maybe they have not done especially well in this uh i, I think the way they rank them and there's a few things to consider here we can unpack this a little bit yeah you know, they, they rank these vehicles by the number of complaints per right. hundred right. vehicles, right? right? So whether that's a flaw or whether that's a complaint, hmm? that's not really addressed. But, uh, you know, the the industry average is 186 complaints per okay. hundred vehicles. So more than one complaint per per, per vehicle. A vehicle. little per
1: vehicle. more. 1.8 complaints per vehicle.
0: And the best... The best is 133 complaints per 100 vehicles. Right. So okay. you're still getting, you know, a, a number of complaints per car. And, yeah. And uh, Lexus, I think, took the top spot. Interesting. Took okay. the top Fancy spot. Toyota. Yeah, Fancy Toyota, right? Yeah. So, and, and Land Rover, uh, you know, they're... Uh, two hundred and seventy three. Two hundred seventy three uh, complaints per hundred vehicles. Yet,
1: uh, so the, the average Land Rover consumer is complaining almost three times, three times. about about their vehicle.
0: Yeah, which mm-hmm. you know, it isn't that much when you consider that, but it is, it is twice the number of complaints for twice the average. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's not twice the it, or twice it's close the, to twice the average. Right. Yeah, yeah, just a Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it, okay. it is quite a bit. It is quite a bit, but. But maybe that says something about Land Rover owners. They're just so discerning that they that's want right. everything. Their that standards are just so, so high that's that right. they want perfection. They don't so want any
1: it. water inside the vehicle. They don't want any oil uh, dripping What do they expect? The what do they expect?
0: I mean, it rains. Come on. It rains. You know, they go through uh, car washes. They, I mean, you, know, you can't have everything. You can't
1: have everything. They want both
0: headlights to function all the both time. headlights?
1: I mean, like, no. What? Come on. Come on.
0: What? Come on. They would like two
1: key fobs with their brand new car, you know,
0: come yeah, on now, now they want the, they want these cars not to leak oil. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most,
1: uh, you know, most auto manufacturers are going to full electric to, uh, it, you know, to, to compete with the modern emission standards, right? I think California and, and states like this are, are yeah. really putting the squeeze on auto manufacturers. And so I think that's why a lot of them are going electric Land Rover on the other hand, just to try to cut down on the oil leaks a little bit just to take some some of that oil out of the car that's the only that's the only way they can figure out how to do it is just eliminate that thing that leaks oil you know
0: yeah the, there's like always these jokes about like land rovers leaking oil and people have their like land rover mugs and they're leaking coffee mm-hmm. and like you know there's there's like so many jokes about land rovers leaking oil and uh i i mean i don't find the vehicles themselves the old ones at least that i deal with to be that much leakier than other cars of the period. No. You actually, know, no. but they certainly have a reputation for that. I've had a lot of old motorcycles that leak really bad just because mm-hmm. they're the way they're designed. But, you know, ah. I think people are they don't like the the oil leaking for sure. I'm it worried about all the driveway. motorcycles uh, up that up you garage. have
1: uh, in your uh, in your office that uh, if you were to close the door, you mm-hmm. would asphyxiate from uh, from motorcycle fluid fumes.
0: Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: Don't light a match in there.
0: You see those, you see those old pictures of like guys on motorcycles and they have like gloves up to their elbows and like boots up to their knees and like, Mm -hmm. you know, goggles over their face and like oiled canvas, you know, suits. And it's because they're just blowing hot oil everywhere. It's like driving a popcorn fryer. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Good. It's really? the worst vehicular experience it's ever. And just, dangerous. It's dangerous. Oh, my. god! Yeah. But I love yeah. them. It's I love
1: them. great. It is. It's fantastic. My uh, shopmate uh, asked me, uh, his. Uh, he has a brand new uh, one of the hybrid EV Jeeps. And uh, his wife wouldn't let him drive their daughter to school because he took the doors off and put the, like, you know, the Jeepy tubi doors like metal doors yeah yeah and he said like what do you like that seems unreasonable right and I said well, I might not be the best person to ask I I don't see any problem with it at all I feel like that thing is too enclosed you know like you need to see even fold that windshield down or
0: something but uh I
1: have seen people with a new Jeep with the windshield folded down. It looks ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's clearly oh, because you have
0: the windshield folded down, and then the cage is, like, sticking up above that? It's
1: sticking up above because it's still there. The cage stayed, and, like, the corners, like, of the of the A-pillars are kind of sticking up off the hood. It looks really weird.
0: I do appreciate that they still have a folding windshield and they do have still some yeah. safety features like a roll cage. So. They, do,
1: they do have a roll cage. That's true. You can do it's that. It's possible.
0: It's it possible. possible. Yeah, it
1: is. So for today's, again, as we love inventing new segments, uh, we invent new segments quicker than we can forget the old segments that we haven't gotten back to. But uh, this new segment, top five. So uh, uh, we'll run through the uh, top five things uh, in this particular segment Uh, projects to improve your workshop as both you and I are in a constant battle with workshop improvements slash time to work on projects. Oftentimes, a good workshop improvement project can make you much more productive. Oftentimes, it can also just suck up the entire day uh, working on some stupid fiddly little thing. But uh, Ike, what are the top five uh, projects for uh, improving uh, your workshop? What's number one?
0: Number one, I think, at least for me, you know, we recently moved our shop and uh, we are still in the process of outfitting our space Mm -hmm. to Mm be more productive and more comfortable. More friendly. I feel like that, you know, pretty much the the two things that were most important for us is like having a nice floor surface Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and having lighting. Because if you can't see what you're doing, you know, or if you're working in a pile of dirt, you know, Neither of those two things is is ideal. It's right? not nice. No, not nice. So lighting was a big deal for us, and mm-hmm. so we replaced all the lighting in the entire building. And uh, it's one of those things that seems easy you just hang up some lights, right? Uh, you just right. go to the home improvement store, buy those some lights. garage lights, yeah. and it's fine, right? Well, I uh, I think we tried to make it harder for ourselves, and so we we did a lot of we did a lot of research, and my. My lady friend, she is an architect, yes. and so she had a lot to say about lighting, the yeah. importance of lighting. Uh-huh. Yeah. She knew all these lighting designers. You know, we mm-hmm. got all this input. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, honestly, if you look at the specifications on lighting, like if you go online, go to lighting manufacturer, yeah. and you look at the specs, it's incredible the number of specifications that a light can have. Right. You know, everything from the power usage understandable the wattage of the light you know that that's pretty that's pretty standard pretty baseline Mm -hmm. but then you know you've got graphs and charts that show you know the overlap of the light Mm -hmm. based on the height that Mm -hmm. you hang it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. different lights work better in different height garages yeah you know so that's uh, something that's important to look at and how far apart that you space them based Mm -hmm. on that overlap Mm -hmm. that's important so that you get like an an even you know, distribution throughout right. your workspace, right? Like if yeah. you're walking from your workbench to your vehicle or your workbench to your welding area or whatever, you, however you have your particular garage set up, you want to be able to see things you've dropped on the floor and, yeah. you know, have nice bright walls and, you know, light coming off the ceiling and that sort of thing so that uh, your work it doesn't make you tired to work right. in the, you know, visually it doesn't make your eyes hurt. It's not mm-hmm. too bright, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, color temperature is another thing that yeah. oftentimes people don't yeah. consider. Like you, I'm sure everybody has worked in a, an office or worked in a space and it's got a horrible fluorescent light or it's got an a incandescent light yeah. with a awful bulb or an LED mm-hmm. light with just like right. a They're terrible temperature. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it gives you a headache. It really yeah, does. Yeah. And uh, if it's a space that you... Planning to work in and planning to utilize on a regular basis, uh, it really does help. Like making that environment uh, cohesive and and uh, comfortable to work in is really going to help your productivity. We did that, and uh, you know we can we can talk a little bit about that, but uh, without getting too technical, I mean when you look at your color temperature, somewhere between. You know three and thirty five hundred even four thousand is not too bad for your color temperature mm-hmm. and then it like if it's like a cozy atmosphere, you want it like in the twenty seven oh, yeah, yeah, huh warm real warm. yeah, yeah. warmer light, warmer yeah. light, yeah, so like uh three thousand is kind of the like visual tasks you know, yeah. yeah, uh, that's a good temperature for that to be in. and you can go a little warmer. Uh, Than that in your you can go I would say four thousand is is I think five thousand is too much I that's what I have is five thousand you my, have five thousand that's my that's my blue of choice yeah it that's is you, uh, that's what
1: you like it is very daylighty in the uh, and I have like painstakingly changed everything that emits light in my workshop to five thousand it is because like I can't that. stand things that are slightly like if something is like a forty two hundred. And something uh-huh. beside it is 5000 and yeah. it looks, you know, it looks warmer. It drives me crazy. So even like, you know, the little, cause I have those what used to be halogen down firing uh, lights mm-hmm. underneath my, you know, one of my where all of my electronic stuff is all my soldering and everything.
0: Yeah. I would uh, say change it all. You know, 3000 is really the minimum.
1: That's yeah. Like, yeah you can't go lower than 3000. You Can't go without like, yeah, lower yeah, than 3000.
0: And, and it, it is, it is to a certain extent um personal preference yeah. it is yeah. but uh, they have done research on this and you can read these things mm-hmm. you know yeah. they have researched this like what is the optimal temperature for productivity mm-hmm. and obviously the the crisper and bluer and whiter you know pretty soon it's like if it's, you're too not much, careful, yeah. it's too once much yeah once you get above you go snow blind in your garage <laughs>
1: you get to like 6500 it's blue and you walk into anywhere else and everything else looks orange <laughs> when you when yeah. you go anywhere else yeah. but yeah. i have or, to or say the, you, it's, it's, you can you can get away with a with a like a with a cooler led fixture uh, if it's a high quality one that doesn't flicker and stuff because yeah. unlike fluorescent it doesn't have any green spike in it so mm-hmm. it doesn't like make you want to die uh, like the inside of a Walmart. I mean, that's probably a little bit of the lighting, mostly the the clientele. But um, the uh, you know, like a a department store or a, or a big box store that uses those uh, terrible like banks of fluorescence, like mm-hmm. Costco doesn't. They use high bay sodium lights, or actually they're mercury lights. But the uh, but like the the WalMarts are the worst for having those terrible, you know, like fifty five hundred Kelvin fluorescents, and they're just like. A depressing color to be under and it's green it's like got a heavy green in it so it just doesn't doesn't feel nice at all
0: everybody looks sick and pallid but that could just be because they're at the
1: Walmart (laughs) as well I mean that doesn't I don't know it's entirely the lighting
0: well any rate it's I think the point there is it's uh it's worth considering the color temperature of the light that you're using and uh it is it is an important consideration. Did that, you do uh, tubes or uh, high bay lights? High base. High we, base. Did high yeah. base. Yeah. we did high base, and we did high bays with shades. Oh, nice. So they're they're quite bright, but we have these diffusers on them, so mm-hmm. it throws some light upwards, mm-hmm. and it makes it not so glary when you look up at the light. When you look, so you don't have, like have uh, you know like a little little spots when you look yeah.
1: away yeah 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 exactly yeah we uh we have uh fluorescent replacement led tubes uh for the you know the workshop area but for the car mm-hmm. storage area you know for the for the big warehouse where all the cars are it uh it's still the original fluorescence that were here when we got the building so uh one of these days i'm gonna rip those all out and put high bay lights uh, in there because they're base. they're nicer and uh i really i found this 16 foot model of the Starship Enterprise that uh, is being auctioned off—that I really want—it's—it's it's very cheap. That's uh, uh,
0: that's like a foot longer than your current 15 foot model. Yeah, it's it? a
1: little bit bigger than my current 15 foot Enterprise, <laughs> and so I think it would look really cool hanging from the roof of the workshop. But it—but uh, I would have to move the fluorescence out of the way so I could, from the second floor of my office, I could look out. On the Starship Enterprise, I think that
0: would be. It would be like it would cool. be like when they're in the repair dock or yeah, whatever. It's just the like first that. Part of every space uh, every movie, yeah. every every yeah. Star Trek movie. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'll build a little space dock out there. I'll be fantastic. You know, maybe or maybe oh I'll just get God. a big shark or something. You're know.
0: such a dork. You're, You're such a dork. S- I love it. So now, mm-hmm. wait, mm-hmm. I I do want to talk just a little bit about uh, task lighting. Like, uh, oh right, of course, yeah. Like task lighting, you know, no matter how nice of a light you put in your shop. Yeah. You're always gonna have shadows if you're working inside. Especially of the with a
1: hood over top of the uh
0: the car that you're under or something. Yeah, yeah. If you're working in an engine bay, working yep. inside the car, you're gonna need a work light. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you like for a work light, Stephen? Well,
1: I have uh, a couple uh, different ones. I like the uh, the baton lights that have become uh, oh so popular. The one that I use on a regular basis is made by a company called Astro. You can get it on uh, you can get it on. Uh, oh yeah, old I'm Amazon. familiar
0: with that company. Yeah, they make a and lot they, of garage supplies and stuff.
1: Yeah, they make some cool stuff. And these particular Astro baton lights, there. You know, when I say that, they're like about a what a 10, 12 inches of led strips sort of on a on a little snake arm so you can bend them right and left this has a light on both the front of that and the back so you've got the ability to and the fun thing is every time you turn it on you're holding it the wrong way and it shines in your face no matter what you do it's like that's like a usb perfect. plug like you should half the time you should get it in right but you never do sometimes it's it's the The same with these. And it also has a little flashlight off the end of it. And you can, uh, you know, they're great. They have a magnetic base and you can stick them places and they light things up. But the coolest thing is they also have a magnetic charger. So my charger is just magnetized to the side of one of my Kennedy stacks. And I can just tap those flashlights on the outside and they will charge up. and, And they're always... As soon as you hang them up, they're charging, but they don't have to plug in or any of that sort of stuff. So I, I do like those. I'm a, I'm a fan of those. I don't have... So it, does it have
0: know. like a base or a support so you can like set it on something that's not magnetic, like maybe a Land Rover that's aluminum? It
1: does. Yeah, it's got a little... It's sort of the battery is in the bottom of it, so it's sort of heavy and it'll sort of sit down and you can mm-hmm. you can sort of articulate it. But uh, but yes, it is annoying that you can't put it on the body, but you
0: can put it on hood supports and you can put it on the chassis and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of metal brackets and fasteners. Yeah, I use everything. them
1: pretty heavily under... Underneath the lift so i'll put them uh, underneath the lift shine them up into the car and then uh and then drop the lift on top of them and crush them that's uh oh
0: nice yeah, yeah I, I haven't nice. done
1: that with one of the nice ones but i have done that with with some of the with some of the cheaper ones just smash them into the ground like it's, I, uh, uh, I i,
0: I have i'll have to be honest there's a there's definitely something to having that uh that performance and price balance with a mm-hmm. work light because mm-hmm. it these are things that do see a lot of abuse, and yeah. one of the ways that my particular lights are abused is they're they're left magnetized to a vehicle. A <laughs> vehicle yes. gets returned yes. to its customer, yes. and so it's uh, they have a new light, but it comes uh, with every complimentary, complimentary light. Complimentary but then, light, uh, yeah. you know, as the weeks progress, you're like, uh, I think we had twenty of those lights, and now we've got um, about twelve. So <laughs> where did they all go? Where did they yeah, all go? Yeah, oh yeah, they they left. You know, on we cars. gave them away. Huh? Yeah. That's so a, uh, one of the one of the ones that we use is a is a Bauer magnetic work light that you can purchase at Harbor Freight. And yeah. it's about it's like their premium brand or whatever. Yeah, to I wanna say it's like, 25 it's, it's, or yeah, it's like twenty five bucks. It's yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: it's it's more expensive than you would think something at Harbor Freight would be, but cheaper than anything else you can find.
0: And it's it's like a machined aluminum housing. It nice. has a rechargeable battery. It's LED. It's got a flexible uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, light. It basically mm-hmm. bends in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got a number of LEDs. It's 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 bright. It yeah. it the battery lasts a good long time. Yep. It plugs in. It's not a magnetic charger. That would be nice, yeah. and uh, it, it is a useful light, and uh, people ask about them all the time. But get the warranty because it has a plastic hinge, and uh, you will drop them, and it will break, and uh, you'll it's have to replace.
1: It's often it. uh, one of those things that you can get with the twenty percent off uh, Harbor Freight coupon. Oh, too.
0: That's so true. Can, that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you, you know, can you, you can get them on sale. It's oh, they're yeah. they're pretty inexpensive. It's a good performance price balance I product. Agree. You know. And uh, we use a lot of them, you know, we have a few other lights. We have like the, the wands. It's like, yeah. it it looks like an led lightsaber curtain rod. Yeah. yeah if you will, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we have a few of those that mm-hmm. you can stand up or lay down or whatever. We have uh, a couple other plug in, you know, mm-hmm. really super bright, you know, work lights, but, those are the ones that we use the most of those little Bauer ones. Those yeah. are pretty. Yeah, they pretty are good. pretty
1: good. I have a few of those too. I like those uh I like those oh, quite nice. a bit. And yeah, pretty much exclusively the wand style lights now. I, I don't have I have a couple of like yeah, the floodlighty ones. I don't I don't have one of those big lightsaber curtain rod ones. I should maybe think about getting one of those, but uh but yeah, I like the uh especially if you do any amount of video shooting around uh the projects that you're working on having those little lights uh, positioned everywhere is uh, Oh yeah. Definitely okay. do a bit of that. Speaking of uh, speaking of the uh, charging of those things, then we'll circle back to the floors sure. and the cleaning them. But, you know, a really nice thing and something that you're not going to do unless you, like, say, I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to do this, is setting up what we like to call the central power dock, which uh, is a place where you can plug in all your tool batteries, your flashlight batteries, maybe your cameras if you have GoPros and things. You know, I am the worst for having, like, things in little clusters plugged in all over the frigging place, and it's just stuff hanging from the roof. It, it's terrible. So finally, uh, I'm in the process of of rebuilding all of my uh, all my DeWalt tool storage stuff. As, You know, I uh, I bought into that camp, and, uh, and there's there's no going back now. It's like I get...
0: That's not true. You can get an adapter that'll... Put a Milwaukee battery we on your DeWalt tool yeah, or vice that I just, versa.
1: Uh, yeah, I, uh, it, feels, it feels too far afield for me. But anyways, it, one central place uh, I have now set up for all of those batteries. They all charge. The charges are right above where the batteries, once they're charged, go. And the same thing with the, uh, with the GoPros. Uh, I've got one of those like USB octopus things with like nine little USB things sticking out of it and just able to plug in all the cameras, plug in all the DeWalt the, the batteries, plug in the flashlights—they all sort of have their own little little hubs now, where you you're know. You're a big
0: fan of docking, is that what I you're saying? Love the,
1: I loved, I love docking. Big fan. <laughs>
0: don't Google big that. Fan.
1: Don't 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 Google that. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> you're not gonna get it. again. It's in like the Starship Enterprise kind of docking. That's uh, yeah. Ah, so, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's a that's a handy thing that is one of those projects where if you want to make your life a little bit easier. Setting up one place where all of that sort of shit lives, all your batteries live, and they're always charged, that's really nice. Now,
0: now a lot of newer toolboxes, the rollaway toolboxes they come with a pow- what they call a power drawer and the power drawers have outlets and usb uh, etc in them so you not only can you store your tools in there but you can also charge your batteries charge up, yeah. and it's not a uh, like a docking area like you say it's all it sort of is kind of enclosed area.
1: It's just an inclusive docking. it's
0: area. it's enclosed it's <laughs> in its own little zone so,
1: yeah those are cool and i you know i'm also you know a fan of uh, obviously, you don't want to drill holes through like your nice Kennedy stack or something, but uh, of just putting a power strip inside of a drawer and having things plugged in, so that even if it's a total disaster, you can just close the drawer. At least yeah. the disaster goes into that drawer, and like there might be 90 cables and like 14 GoPros and like a you know Hydra worth of shit in there, but you can just close the drawer and you don't see it anymore, and you know it's a, it's all good. But you know, for me, trying to get into the habit of like put the tool away when you're done using it and like charge its battery. You know, yeah. put the flashlight away when you're done using it and charge its battery. That's made ever more easy by having an area where you can actually do that. That's a,
0: yeah. And it, when you go to Linus's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have any power tools. He, he there's no, 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 there's no battery power no, no. tools. It's all like bits and braces. You yeah. know, yeah. like yeah. Hand, hand drills, hand drills. Yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You don't have no. to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, You don't recharge anything just eat more food. <laughs> just eat more food. It's self-power. Yeah. yeah. It's you just get
1: tired. You know, we, oh, we often joke that uh, Linus was the uh, victim of like a Victorian era time traveling accident. And he's just been trying to get home ever since. Doesn't like the modern world. All these, you know. Yeah. Doesn't understand it. It's
0: just not. Yeah. The first time he came into my house, I turned a light. He just like cowered for like 20 He started 29. screaming. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's adjusting. He's adjusting to modern life, but slowly.
1: But back to uh, back to cleaning, uh, cleaning stuff. So one thing that, as many people know, I've invested in, and uh, I think is the bee's knees, such as it is, is the automatic floor scrubber. My little floor Zamboni. Yeah, I'm pretty Ooh.
0: jealous about the floor Zamboni. Mm-hmm. Oh, it works uh, so good. Do you have Do you have a guy that does it for you? No,
1: I'm thinking about getting one though, because uh, you <laughs> know it's like mowing your lawn, right? It's like fun the first few times, and then it's sure. work. So you know we're at the point now where it's work, but that's that's okay. Um, I did modify my floor Zamboni, which I didn't get the battery powered one because I'm cheap and I didn't want to get it It felt that's too much. But I like many people have a sort of camping power pack. I have an EcoFlow one that can, you know, run your tables are whatever you need to do. And uh, it works super good. It can run the the floor scrubber, the floor Zamboni for a full 20 minutes, which is more than enough for me to do the whole floor off of the uh, off the EcoFlow. And uh, I'm not tethered to the wall. I don't have to drag cord around anymore. It is, uh, it's is—it's pretty great. It's a, it's a pretty nice system. Now, if you have thousands of square feet of space that you have to clean, an automatic floor scrubber really does make a big difference. Like, it is really a lot of work. It's very time-consuming to mop a space as, as big as our space is. So not everybody needs a floor scrubber for their two-car garage. But uh, they're pretty cool. I am a big. A I big
0: think uh, having your workspace clean is important, yeah. whether you have a small garage or you have a big warehouse. Sweeping is one of those things that is—it's uh, an ongoing task. It's not just a yeah. one and done. It's not hanging up lights. It's not you know doing that. It's it's an ongoing process, and the easier you can make it, the better it's going to be. So if you have whatever you've got, you know a, a push broom, a regular broom, a dustpan. You know, one of the first things that I made for my first shop, it was also one of my first TIG welding projects when mm. I got my first TIG welder, was building a really nice dustpan. And uh, if you go to like a home improvement store and you look at the dust pans, they, they basically have two different kinds. You got an aluminum one, which is not too bad. No, and it's then all, they have okay. a variety of plastic ones. Yeah. And the plastic ones, even the best quality plastic ones typically break and crack and mm-hmm. are ruined within uh, a very short period of time the aluminum ones tend to bend yep. and then the edge isn't flat isn't with flat the floor either. and it's hard nope. to sweep mm-hmm. into it they mm-hmm. have a tendency to do that so i made a steel one and then i sharpened the front the leading <laughs> edge of it so that it was really you know close yep. to the ground yeah and i still use it to this day i think mm-hmm. i made it 15 years ago mm-hmm. and uh it's amazing you can you know that little piece of gum or tar or whatever. Yeah, you, you can use can it to scrape, scrape that off. Can sweep a big heavy pile of dirt or rust flakes into it, and it doesn't deform and get all wonky. Chop, uh, uh, chop carrots with it if need be. You know, it's great. It's yeah. amazing, and so I I still find that to be a handy cleaning device. You know. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a a nice thing a good dustpan yeah, seems good dust simple pan. but it is really a time saver. Yeah. So whether you I, need uh, a floor zamboni, yeah, you got, or a dustpan <laughs> or a dustpan, <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's I think that stuff is good. Uh, yeah, and absolutely, and a little vacuum,
1: a little vacuum, the handheld vacuum. Oh, you know what I use and you used as well. I know is a uh, leaf blower. A leaf, leaf blower, blower
0: is can. good. Yeah, yeah, leaf
1: blower works real good. You can just kind of blow everything out the door. And that works good if you've got a home, you know, just a in, in your garage or whatever. You can you can just blow uh, out onto the street, into your neighbor's house, into your neighbor's open garage, whatever. You know, that's <laughs> a uh, you know that's that's handy. That's a that's a quick time saver. And I have trees and and landscaping around the back of the workshop. So the second you open the door, all of that comes into the shop. And so it's nice to be able to fight back by blowing it back out there. That that's nice. Uh, so what about uh, how about Little parts and little fasteners and
0: things like that how do you How do you store that stuff? This is one of my my favorite things and also one of the things that is just so time consuming and can get very tiresome and I have a lot of small parts yes. I, I often tell people if I sold every part that I had for a dollar, I could retire very comfortably because <laughs> there's just there are thousands and thousands yeah, and thousands parts, of little, yeah. Little, yeah. Parts, yeah. Little, yeah, little little tiny parts yeah, little, little washers, little nuts screws. You know, mm-hmm. tiny little electrical pieces, switches, you know, mm-hmm. I have I have hundreds of thousands of that those kinds of small components for land or vehicles. And so organizing them is important. And I like the old parts bins. I yeah. like them. Yeah. And I think we talked about uh, this the other day on the vice for vices mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. It might have been vice for vices or Shop. Mm-hmm. That guy had like a really cool Victorian parts bin that was really neat. Yeah, had yeah, like yeah. a just cast iron, you know, I think he was vice
1: for vices. And then yeah, that is incredible. Some, some cool because he's got a lot incredible. of neat vice displays as well, like retail displays, which yeah, are really cool.
0: I use a few different things. Mm-hmm. I have uh Equipto, mm-hmm. which is kind of a '50s pressed metal yep. drawer system. Mm-hmm. I have a number of Equipto units that I use for small parts. Those are good. They come in a variety of sizes and shapes, but roughly they make uh, units that are about three and a half feet long Mm -hmm. and about uh, 18 inches tall and two feet deep. Mm -hmm. And you can stack them. You can, you know, they have different size drawers for different parts and then dividers within those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are good for like medium sized parts. I would say that's like a, a thermostat. Uh, mm-hmm. Hose clamps, you yeah. know, those sorts yeah. of things. Amazing for that. You got all those little dividers. We also have two addressograph cabinets. Yeah. And the addressograph was a system of plates that these companies used, uh, like mail order companies yeah. would use them. And they had an actual physical plate that they used to print every address in their company's database. If you was you a will. Da- it was pre-database. It yeah. was basically a database. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like a card catalog, if yeah. you will. Yeah, but all the metal. drawers are brass, mm-hmm. and they have dividers in them to divide these n- name plates, and they're incredibly heavily built because all of those plates were little steel plates. Yeah, and so basically, you had two and a half by six inch wide by two and a half inch high yeah. bricks of steel, <laughs> bricks and of steel, and yeah. each cabinet had hundred and thirty three of these. So you can tell that they, you know, when they were in use, they weighed thousands of pounds. These mm-hmm. cabinets. And so they can support all kinds of hardware and we use those for tiny little screws, tiny little washers, you know, all that stuff yeah. because of the dividers yeah. and you can, they have labels so you can label them. So that's good for like small transmission parts, little screws, shims, you know, all that sort of stuff. So we use those. You can find them on Craigslist every once in a while. They made them in different sizes for different size companies and uh, they're they're super cool and they're incredibly well built yeah they are heavy. you can that you can pick them up with a forklift yeah yeah you have to you i don't can. think a
1: human being could lift it it's so heavy it's yeah crazy.
0: they're cool they're super neat yeah. and uh, they will hold all the hardware that you would ever want in a pretty compact space yeah yeah it's not bad so in terms of like metal cabinets for medium and mm-hmm. uh small parts we use that we also have some rolling shelves that we got out of a. A Build-A-Bear that was in the mall. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. good for like, you know, boxes of, yeah. of parts. All your bear but that's, parts. Well, that's different. probably, you know, maybe a little bit more involved than the, the home enthusiast yeah. would want. But those Equipto yeah. bins, those are often available at uh, like on Craigslist or eBay. You can buy those all the time. The Dressograph bins you can d- get in different sizes. So anything that's suitable for like a home garage. If you really want something high end, you know those like Lista cabinets that yeah, Listas, uh, yeah. those are super nice. Uh Stanley also mm-hmm. made their own line mm-hmm. of those kinds of drawers mm-hmm. and they're basically for workshop tooling, parts, you know, aircraft industry parts supply, that yeah. sort of th- stuff. Those Lista cabinets generally used ones are 100 bucks a drawer. So if you get a 9 door cabinet, 900 bucks. Yeah. Um but sometimes you can find them inexpensively on like government surplus or mm-hmm. You know, one of these types of websites, you can get those parts storage cabinets. How about you? What do you use?
1: Well, I have like a uh, version of the Sortimo, which is a uh, which is an Italian brand of essentially think about them as a thin toolbox, right? That have about 20 little individual bins in them that you can take out and you can uh, you can take with you. And I've got I don't know, I have 60 of them. I don't know how many have got a lot. I got way too many. Um, but, uh, but I, for the, the stuff I use all the time underneath my sort of one of my main workbenches, I've built a like index where they can all slide into. And uh, I actually use the Harbor Freight medium portable parts bin as my sort of go-to for that. Everything is built around that size and shape. And I can 3d print little bins that go in it. If I want bins that have little dividers or if I want bins that are different shapes or, And I have everything, you know, in there. I have, you know, probably four of them, maybe five of them dedicated to just metric fasteners. I have, uh, you know, probably the same again in Imperial fasteners. I have Mm -hmm. two or three just for sharedized uh, hardware. I have one for all of the different little fiddly electronic bits, little bulbs, light bulbs and fuses and all that sort of stuff. And I have them for... You know all the different uh, cars and all their different you know you know expendables fuses and stuff like that. I have pieces for my uh, Rapid Air Click Fit air supply stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff um, in these in these boxes. And they come in a, a sort of a, a one unit high or a two unit high version. And the little boxes, you know, I suggest buying because they're really cheap. They're, they're I don't know how much they are, but I I want to say they're like about ten bucks for a box and you know you buy them in like you know again you buy five ten of them at a time and everyone comes with a little a medium and a large bin but oftentimes you want one box that's just the large bins or you want one box that's just the tiny bins or some kind of mix and if you get a bunch of them at once you can kind of mix and match and end up with a sort of you know a set of bins uh, that are just perfect for what you want and then I label the handles of them so that when they're in my index I can I can see I've got about five rows of uh, of indexes underneath my workbench and then i've got one whole cabinet full of them as well and and so that's the stuff that i don't use quite as often little fiddly bits parts for you know proton packs or whatever they all have their own little boxes and then all the stuff that i use all the time is in those and that's super handy but it is an epic undertaking you know how many of those little plastic you know variety sets of you know, cotter pins do you have? And they're in like their own little fishing tackle box and you got to go like find them in whatever drawer they're in and then sort through and get the right one. And so to take all that apart and put it all into a dedicated, uh, you know, index and label it all, it's a huge job. But then the next time you go to get a cotter pin, it takes you about 90 seconds to find it, you I, know, which is huge. It's a huge time. I do time like labor. those, yeah. those
0: bins. And I do have, they're, they're usually uh, like a clear top, yeah, and black, black, and, and yellow, yellow bins. bins. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. The Sortimo we, ones, all the bins are different colors. So every size oh, that's has its fun. own color. So you can order it based on like, oh, I need more red ones, which are the biggest ones. Or I have a couple of those Sortimo of ones, but they're just too expensive. They're I think about forty dollars just for the case, and mm-hmm. that would with a number of those that I have, that would be half a million dollars. There's a
0: so. there's a similar uh system that is used by a lot of fastener supplies mm-hmm. uh so i think lawson mm-hmm. sells them a few other companies that do deal with fasteners worth mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. sells them mm-hmm. and it's it's like a rack of those style right. of bins but they're metal mm-hmm. and so yeah. not only does it serve like uh they serve as a drawer right but each drawer can be then, can removed, then be taken out yeah. and then each one has like a plastic insert and you can pull all your little things. And we have one of those for like wiring supplies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got terminals and connectors yeah. and, yeah. you know, fittings and all that sort of stuff for doing the electrical rewiring jobs that we do. And that's another one that's that's pretty handy. And you can find those used inexpensively. Uh, I think sometimes in the $40, $50 range, you can yeah. find those units. Yeah. So they got four or five drawers and each drawer is then removable and you can put it back so you can use it in place, or you can take it with you to a project.
1: I like the being able to take it out and take it with me somewhere. And like, you know, if I'm working on an 80 inch or something, I'll take the whole eyes box with me because you need five or six different sizes. Plus you need the washers. Plus you need the nuts. Plus you need the, you know, and it's just all there, you know, and you don't have to keep walking, especially again, if you've got a really big space, you know, trying to figure out a way to prevent you from having to walk from one side of the workshop to the other, every single time you need something. I'm still working on that. I haven't I certainly haven't mastered that. I'm, uh, I'm working on zoning more and more, but, uh, you know, I can't help but, you know, need something that's over in the machine shop and I'm underneath the car and I've got to take a two minute walk to get over there and get something. And that's kind of annoying. And then you inevitably you stop along the way, something else comes up, you know, you get that, like whatever and you never kind of get, you know, it takes forever. So anything that I can do to optimize, you know, the amount of retrievability, uh, that's, that's very helpful. And I'll say last point on that, that uh, tool storage is probably you know if there's a number one of the of the five, storing tools in a way that makes sense that they're easy to find uh, that's a that's a huge thing that's something that I struggle with. so where I,
0: would you where would you rank that well
1: i I think probably because you use your hand tools more than kind of anything else, like I mean, how often do I use my vibratory saw, you know like I know where it is. <laughs> you know, whatever. But like, I'll use a 10 millimeter box end like wrench. Use that,
0: you use, use that no tool time. more than you're willing sawing. to admit. <laughs> not for <sawing>. Um
1: <laughs> More the vibratory side. But, uh, you know, you use that 10 millimeter box end wrench all the time. And so having that set nicely in, you know, I have mm-hmm. my Kennedy stacks, you know, sitting in front of the lift so that, you know, the things that I need to get to all the time. And then I have my service cart, which is a trick I, I got from uh, Chris's family is uh, all airplane mechanics. And they build, like, these custom... You've seen my little under uh, undercar rack thing. They build, like, these very custom... And, of course, because they're airplane mechanics, it's all aluminum and they're all riveted. Mine is made out of plywood. But, uh, you know, they take, like, a rolling toolbox and uh, the cart-style ones, and they, like, build these big sort of, like, hoods on top of them with all their tools hanging there. And, like, they're in this incredibly, like, efficient retrieval mode where, like, the things that they use all the time because they have to turn these airplanes around so quickly... They've got it all set up in such a way where they can very quickly find and see the thing that they need and nothing's really in a drawer if it doesn't need to be. And the things that you need are all hanging in front of you. So I try to do a little bit of that, but uh, having a good way to store those things is huge. And For me in the machine shop, having all my milling tools and everything in not just in a drawer, you know, like a thousand end mills all dumped into a drawer. There's this company that I love. They're a little American company, and uh, I think still family uh, owned and run. Not exactly for sure how you pronounce it, but I think it's, it's Schaller, S C H uh, L L E R, and they make these little red plastic boxes. And they're not really designed for anything except that they are kind of, I think, designed with an eye towards Kennedy Stack style uh, tool uh, chests. And you can basically you you know you measure the drawer. And then you can get a a little box at almost any increment, a one by two, a three by two, a five by seven, a one by two, a one by, you know, and in two different heights. So for deep drawers and for shallow drawers, and especially for like machine shop tooling, drill bits, things like that, you can get these sort of like long and skinny ones. And you can have your, you know, your five end mills of one kind in this. And, you know, if you have a lot of uh, indexable tooling and stuff, you can have all the little bits all in little zones next to each other. So that like, you know, there's my fly cutter and here's all of the inserts for that fly cutter. And here's the little star end Allen wrench that that allows me to change those inserts. And it's all right there. But when I close the drawer, it doesn't all just sort of slide all over the place. It It's all really nicely registered and sort of, you know, you don't have to do all the foam and the prep. It's really easy. They just come in a box and you just sort of stick them in the, you know, kind of Tetris them into your drawers. And I, I really like them. They're they're super handy. And it allows you to open a drawer and quickly see everything, uh, you know, in a way where it's all where it's supposed to be. And, and you can start remembering where things go. And I, I love those things. Those things are, they're super handy.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to check some, those out.
1: Get some. I'm going to get you some tiny little red, uh, red boxes. I also love uh, French cleating things. So it's like a carpentry thing. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I have a lot of anything that's wood in my workshop has like French cleats on the outside of it so that I can hang, you know, all my, I'm in the process over this weekend of renovating a cabinet that I have, uh, that I've had for a long time that I made in my old shop. Um, And uh, we put a door on the front of it and we're going to French cleat the front of it so that I can put all of my silly DeWalt tools that, uh, you know, I don't use that like my vibratory saw. Um, I can, uh, I can have ready access to it. Quick retrieval of the vibratory saw. It's very important.
0: We never know when you get the urge.
1: And I 3D printed some little, uh, some little hangers that that have the same, uh, you mm-hmm. know, same shape as the battery, so you can just kind of click them on, like they, uh, like clicking them onto a battery, so that they can hang on there very nicely and everything. All that's awesome. But that that sort of thing, like not having to dig through a cabinet to like find the stupid blade for your vibratory saw for two hours while you're trying to do something. It is nice. It's it nice. is nice. You know, it's it nice. You'll, you,
0: that'll be time saved. Yeah. There's some invest. There's some upfront investment yep. in these sorts of things that uh, really, um, you know, will make your your time spent, in your workshop, and your projects go faster over time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, while well, top five tool storage, parts and uh, fasteners index, lighting, cleaning stuff, and uh, a way to charge all your stuff—a central power dock. Those are. Those are our Workshop top five for today, you know, but I think you could probably go on for uh, forever. You know, I think you could. you could, Oh, you, you're always trying
0: to make your space better, right?
1: Yeah, there's no end to it. You know, anytime you think we're, we're getting ready to put the plasma table in. And so that has caused, uh, you know, the need to prioritize some things. We got rid of one of the extra work tables. Got rid which, of the
0: grand piano.
1: Got rid of the grand piano. That had to go. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, unfortunately, uh, the fondue, the chocolate fondue fountain had to go. <laughs> Um, you know, which is which is too bad. I mean, it's mostly full of sawdust and metal shavings, but the so- crane
0: game, yeah,
1: the digger machine that we had, unfortunately had to get rid of that. Yeah. yeah. It is a real shame, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, you got to make room for that plasma table. So now we can make all kinds of dumb little brackets and things that we could have very easily just ordered online in the same amount of time and probably less money. But (laughs) uh, whatever. That's not what it's about. It's not. Yeah. yeah, It's about being able to do it right this second and then having to do it five or six more times because I did something wrong. So, you know, that's how it is. It's how it is. It's an iterative process. Well, at that Ike, uh I think that's uh, that's it uh, for this week. This is a serious top 5. That's uh, yeah. an intense uh, top 5. So hopefully that will we'll give you uh, Yeah, hopefully they give you some uh, some tips on uh, improving your kitchen. Next
0: time it's
1: going to be a space. top 6. Ooh. The top sixth six. one is uh, fridge dedicated to uh, jell molds. I think no. I say yeah. Uh, no. But uh and if you guys do uh, in- any interesting uh workshop improvement projects throw it on the old Facebook group. We'd love to uh, hear about it. Uh, we're getting some great Valentine's Day stories. Uh, uh, a lot of people really deeply uh deeply in love with their land rovers in in a way that doesn't feel healthy all the time you know like it doesn't most of them from linus coincidentally i mean several different ones which is interesting um, but uh but yeah anyway that's uh, that's uh, that's out there so uh we'll uh we'll have to uh, yeah we'll have to come up with another uh, interesting top 5 uh again if you have any interesting top 5s uh and uh, you want to share them with us we'll uh you know we'll entertain your top 5 you know let's throw it out there let's see what happens you know i mean we're willing to do anything once,
0: you know? Worst we could say is no. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, all right. Well, it's been a slice as always. We'll see you next week.
0: All right. See you in the shop. Take care.